Internet, you already know what it is, man. This portion of the Combat Jack Show is sponsored by Bevel, the superior shaving system for people who have coarse and curly hair. If you go to getbevel.com and punch in the promo code COMBAT, C-O-M-B-A-T, that gets you 20% off of all purchases. Go to getbevel.com, use my name, COMBAT, for 20% off. Stop shaving like a savage and shave and groom like a boss. And now back to our show. Internet, so you're tuned into the Combat Jack Show, the combatjackshow.com. This episode, we don't have Premium Pete. Premium Pete is palling around with his Texan buddy Bun B there at the Yankees game right now. But uh, sitting in for him is Mr. A-King, Super Producer A-King. What's going on, sir? What's good, Pimpin'? Hey, man, I can't complain. You know, I'm, I'm really excited about today's guest. Internet, so you know that one of the things that, that, that I have such a passion for is a, is a history of our culture, our rich, rich culture, be, it, right. be it hip-hop. Uh, be it urban, be it you know, black politics. history, American history, world history, politics have such a passion uh, for it. And another thing that I, that I realize that I, I'm so passionate about is the history of this great city of New York. Mm. Now I know this show go travels around the world. Konnichiwa, what's mm. up, mate? Hi, Paris, uh, Afghanistan, in the building, the entire world. I'm not trying to exclude anybody, but you know that being born and raised in New York, I have such a deep passion for this city. And our current guest is 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 so entrenched in all of that. Yep. You know, um, she's done so many things. I mean, we're gonna go into an era that that most of you, you know, can't even imagine exists. No matter how much you read about it, no matter how much you look on the on the videos on YouTube, this is a New York City. This is a hip hop that existed before you guys were around. I love. I'd love to. You know, I can't wait. You know what? I'm I'm talking over myself. You setting it up good, though. I'm setting it up good. Yeah. You, you, you do like that intro? Yeah. I'm like, who is this person? Nah, Nas's memory lane <laughs> backdrop is the you know. That, the that, that, right that's the move right now. You know what I mean? Internet. So let's welcome to the Combat Jack Show reporter for Fox Five News and host of Hot 97 Street Soldiers, Miss Lisa Evers. Ooh. Wow, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Lisa, how are you? I am doing great. This yeah. is such a special day, and it's it's like such an amazing hip-hop. I'm on a hip-hop high, basically. Why so? Because, first of all, I'm here on the Combat Jack That's show, right. so You're I here. feel like I kind of arrived you know, like when people stop, get their stop. Academy Award. Stop no, for real. A hundred. No, now, for real. Now, 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 that's an industry talk. <laughs> that's that. Like, <laughs> no, I'm is... just saying I'm, I'm very happy to okay. be here. Okay. I'm very happy We'll to leave it at that. Yes. You'll accept that, right? Yes, I'll accept okay. that. <laughs> I'm very happy to be here. And because you're really in tune with hip hop, you're pure hip hop, you're kind of like the hip hop voice of record of what's happening and with artists, with the, you know, with, with what's going on in the whole culture. And today I, I interviewed Joe Budden. What's who up, have, Joe? Who I've interviewed a number of times yes. um, before. And then what was really exciting to me was I interviewed Professor Christopher Emden, mm -hmm. who is the founder of Hip Hop Ed and the Science Genius Program, which uses battle rap to teach kids in our inner city communities science mm. and it's just been exploding and expanding they have a gigantic science genius rap battle they have a champion that gets crowned um and he's also been very integral in the the whole hip-hop institute at harvard university wow so to say to talk with him and hear how he was talking about how hip-hop how the the beats how the energy of it is just it's so fundamental especially in our children of color that this is a way for to get them to empower them intellectually, which I, it was just, it was so uplifting. Oh, that's dope. That's yeah. dope. And, and I'm seeing some big changes happening now on Fox 5. Like some big, big changes. Whenever, like I looked at, I, I, I was watching Fox 5 a couple of weeks ago, 
and I think it was uh, right after the the premiere of the uh, Empire Empire yes. uh, sec- second season premiere. Yep. And you guys had Molly Mall on there. You guys shout Ebro out to Marley. Darden. Yeah, shout out. He was who else? Ebro. Ebro, Ebro was Darden. on it. Ebro Darden. And, right. And what's going on at Fox Five right well, now? Well, our news director, who is the highest person, you know, in terms of the news decision, the programming there, his name is Byron Harmon, and I got to give him a big shout out because he's a hip hop head. He came up in hip hop, but he's also got rock solid news credentials, and he's understood the importance of the culture from day one. So you can imagine for me, it's like flashback ten years ago when I was first starting out at Fox, I'd been there a little while, and this guy named 50 Cent has this album called Get Rich or Die yes. Trying. They're selling the mixtapes, they're selling the bootlegs out of the back. This is Mixtape 50. Mixtape 50, and then we're getting to Get Rich or Die Trying, right, the right. first album. But they're still moving the, you know, they're, they're still moving things that way. Yes. This is pre-digital era, right. and it's only t- 10 years ago. Right. So... I had met, you know, I, I knew about 50. I had met him through Flex at Hot 97 mm-hmm. because Street Soldiers had been on for a minute. And I went to the person who was in charge at the time and I said, listen, I go, we got to do a story with him. I go, this guy, this is amazing. I go, do you really understand what's happening? This is this huge artist. He's about to be really, really big. And they're like, no, nobody cares about that. That's rap, Lisa. That's you wow. and your hip hop friends. That's your rap friends. And it was like a very separate thing. But right. finally I convinced him and I said, listen, and then I told 50, I said, listen, I go, if we can get the exclusive interview, I can get this on Fox 5 News at 10. And he had everybody by this time after him TV wise, you know, like the Entertainment Tonight, these kind of shows, because the buzz was so big. Right. So we did the interview with him and the rest is history. I mean, that that album blew up, he blew up, and everybody at Fox after that was like, wow, that's incredible. But we still weren't really em- embracing... You didn't catch the wave. Yeah, there was like my Hot 97 life. Right. At, Two at Street lives. Soldiers and hip-hop that I loved, and it was my, you know, culturally where I was at. And then there was the news thing, which I also am a big part of and love and is a big part of me. So now with Byron, who's been there now, he's, he's in, going into his third or fourth year as our news director. He's been like, listen, do this. You want this. Let's get this going. Let's talk about this. And he's really kind of embraced my my sensibility in terms of street soldiers and really the stories. I always felt like the streets really know what's going on. Right. You know, like like for Stop and Frisk, for example, when that before that was even a headline in the newspaper, we were talking about it on Hot 97 because we knew what was happening. Right. People were coming to work talking about what had happened to them and we knew what was going on. And cops were calling us and going like, this is what's going on. We're not we don't like it, but this is what it is. So with Byron, uh, the news director now, it's not just Empire. Of course, Empire has opened the floodgates because main quote unquote mainstream corporate media America attention. is like, wow, right. hmm. there's really an audience for this. There's a black audience for this. There's a white audience for this. There's a Hispanic audience for this. There's a mixed audience for this. There's Cross a demos, huge audience course. period right. for this. And it, it set hip hop, you know, it set not just hip hop history, but uh, television history in terms of the ratings. So that for me, I'm, I'm like, you know, it's like my birthday every day. I'm like having that, fun. That, that's dope. I want to talk. I think when, when I look at your career. I mean, I was talking to our intern, Tumbo, and I, I asked him, I said, did he really know the, the, the full extent of your career? And he's like, yeah, that's Lisa Evans. Like, she, you know, she's legendary with regard <laughs> to street soldiers. And I was like, you really don't mm-hmm. know the full depth of her career. And, and, and I just want to talk about how'd you get here? Like, like the whole journey in terms of where you are right now on, on Fox 5 and, and still maintaining the banner strong on, on Hot 97 street soldiers. How do you get here from the suburbs of Chicago? Well, my parents are native New Yorkers, okay. for one thing. And my mother, may she rest in peace, was a uh, got her training as a nurse at Kings County in Brooklyn. Wow. She was a public health nurse 
in Harlem. She believed in education. She was the first person in her family to get a college education. She majored in English, which she never used, and she gave birth to six kids. Six kids. Yeah, so, so she was a pretty amazing woman, and she was always very community-oriented. And very much, she had a tremendous consciousness of everybody being equal and really made us feel, we were middle class, raised middle class, and uh, made us feel like we were lucky to have what we had and we always had to give back. And my dad was the same way too. What were some of the things that your parents did to really, I guess, get you to fully have a sense of empathy for people that maybe didn't have or people that were from different places? Well, it wasn't so much a sense of, it, it, it was really, it wasn't so much a sense of like, you know, you have to feel something for these people. is basically like, you are these people. Right. We're just living in a different neighborhood. Right. And we were in neighborhoods a lot of times where we were the lower income people in the higher income neighborhood because they wanted us to be in good schools. Right. So it was, and we had a big family and other people had like two or three kids and we were kind of like the big. Now, which one of you, which one were you out of the six? I was the firstborn. You were the first, so you were the eldest. Yeah. So was there a greater sense of responsibility, did you feel? Oh, definitely. Right. Definitely. Now, what did a young Lisa Evers want to do? What did she want to become growing <laughs> She was up? a party girl. She was a party girl. But, I mean, I, I was just, uh, you know, I think I was always interested in the news. Right. I was always interested in, in really life as an adventure. I mean, that's always what I wanted to do. I mean, my, now my cousins tell me, oh, you know, you used to give reports at Thanksgiving. Really? I, don't, I just don't look back. Right, I mean, right. you're making me look back now. We're going to look back. We're going to look back. You're asking me, but I just, um, it, it was that, that's like, I've always been interested in people, always been interested in what's going on. And I think for my parents, too, it was just like, they, there was a big emphasis on reading. There was a big emphasis on us. You know, even during the time we were we were in the Midwest, it was, they were native New Yorkers. Right. So they were like, they were there for my my dad's job because he was an engineer. Okay. And at that time. There, were a lot of, there was a lot of work like that, and he had six kids, you know, he had a yeah, lot of yeah, kids. Yeah, you, you know, he had to really... Roof off the head, yeah. <laughs> you, had to, you had to move, and he did a couple, you know, there were times where he was doing two different jobs right. and a lot of things like that. My mom was holding it together, but it was just, you know, you grow up in a big family, and, and you got to learn to... You know, there's that competition there, too. There was there was so much food, and, you know, my brothers were younger but bigger, and it's just Whoever like, got you to know, the table once first. the dessert's gone, that's gone. Once right. the main course is gone, it's gone. that's gone. I've got and four so, kids, so I, I So I know. you understand what I'm yeah, saying? It's like definitely. feeding frenzy. But um, it just, my, my parents really had this sense of responsibility and just this, this tremendous sense of equality among all people, and, and that was just something that was ingrained in me. I didn't realize how rare that was, right. you know, especially in predominantly white communities, right. but it's just, that's that's the way we were. So growing up in Chicago, would you hear stories about New York that 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 would make that made you want to come to New York? Well, we visited. Okay. I mean, we had relatives. My mother, the rest of my mother's family, stayed in the east. Was stayed in the East Coast. Right. So they kind of looked at mi the Midwest. Okay, we're out here. We're doing our thing. This is what's the best for the family and and for my dad's career. But we were we would make at least one journey to New York. We had yeah. cousins in Rockland County, which right. are still there. So big shout out to all my cousins in Rockland County. But the um. So we'd come and visit them. And at that time, too, and it, it's just it's so incredible to me and so exciting now, this whole digital thing, because back then, like we'd come we'd come to New York for like Easter or Christmas or during the summer vacation or whatever. And then we'd hear the music. We'd listen to the music on the rim like, wow, we don't hear that in Chicago it's so yet. It's so it different. was like that line that 50, you know, like your music doesn't reach us. We're in different area right, codes. Right. You know, it was it was like that. Yeah. So I was like going, gosh, New York is always cool. And I'm like, I'm, I'm going to live in New York. My mom was like, well, you know, hopefully we'll move back there one day, which they did eventually to Jersey. But um, it was, I was just like, I got to get, get to New York. I always had this New York thing, and I'm sure it was in my genes. So what exactly brought you back to New York? What brought me back to New York was after school I was in, uh, Euro went to Europe. 
Um, came came back to New York City. Just to travel, or, traveling, right. ex, ex, you know, experimenting, saving, and I, w- I was just like, you know what, I'm gonna really do the, do the you know try to not do the nine to five thing. I want to experience New York because right. I'd been traveling, and um, got back to back to New York, and my parents were like, listen, you don't understand. What, what, what now, this is New York that? in the eighties, so it's like back... you're like going early eighties. So you're right. like going, okay, they're like, listen, it's you a different place now. It's a very different right. place, and it's it's you know. For, I think I would explain to somebody who's twenty now, or who's in their early twenties, or or even in their teens that's listening. It's like you would call nine one one, and nobody would come. Nine one come right. in certain neighborhoods. It was lawless. It was New York City. Was it was lawless. pretty wild. It was very wild. It was pretty wild. It was like the wild wild west right. that you that so you read like, about. Yeah, and so my Westerns, mom, right. having been you know having worked on the streets as a nurse, and you know she she would go door to door to people's you know they'd send the, the public health nurses to visit mm-hmm. people. In, the, in their homes and help them and do health checks and stuff like that. It was actually a great program. But um, anyway, so she's like, the, my parents are like, ha, 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 you're coming from Paris. You're coming from, you know. You're, you're such a pampered you, white you're girl. Not gonna la- you're not going to last. Right. So I got to New York. I'm like going, I, I, I got to Did you take this, them up on a challenge? I got to make did this you, happen. Did you have well, a- I'm kind, I'm kind of like when people, people tell me I can't do something. You're I don't want to say it. I get fixated right. on it, but I'm just kind of like, it goes in one ear and it goes out the other. And I'm like, you know what? I can make this work. Right. So I had a friend. She was ahead of me in school. She was in medical school. She was a petite blonde from New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. And she was in medical school, right. which everybody knows is, is rough. And you're going around. You're in hospitals. You're doing the internships. You see a lot of blood. She's like, Lisa, yeah. see She's a like, lot of Lisa, trauma. You got to take this martial arts course in the, in the East Village. Right. I took this women's where did, where did she live? She lived. She lived in the Lower East Side, okay. and I, I was on the Lower East Side. Wow! So East Village. And, and what exactly? What year was this? This is in the very early eighties. Very, so we're talking about like eighty, eighty-one. Yeah. So Super it's, it's hardcore. It's hardcore, very hardcore. Like hardcore. Gentrification. The word gentrification doesn't even exist <laughs> no. at the time. It's hardcore. Like the East Village was where you live when you had no money. What did you see? Like, like not like you, to come from the train, to come from the Astor Place train station, to walk down St. Mark's Place. Right. There was a pizzeria. There was a there, there was the old pizzeria that was there on St. Mark's and First Avenue, mm-hmm. and the guys that were there, like I would finish, you know, whatever I was doing. Um, you know, with some of the guardian angels or if, if I was working or doing different jobs or whatever. And I had just started, I hadn't really started, gone back to modeling because I modeled in high school right. too. But the, um, I'd come from Master Place. So I make it, I'm like, okay, all I got to do is make it to First Avenue. Because Second Avenue and St. Mark's was always, that Gem Spa uh, store there, yes. the, the newsstand. Right. There was always kind of like some kind of beef there right. going on outside the corner. There was just people. There was a lot beefing. of drugs. Yeah, a lot of drugs. A lot of poverty. A lot of just destitute people. Just destitute, desperate people, and just angry people right. too. So I knew, like, if I made it to First Avenue, if, if if I made it to First Avenue, the pizzeria was there, and the guys would always tell me, "It's like, you know, we got something behind the counter. You're good. Just right. make it here, and you're, you know, right. you're good." That was a safe zone. So if like somebody followed me or whatever was there, so my friend, I got into the martial arts with um, one of the most incredible martial artists. He's a real legend. His name is Sensei Chaka Zulu, mm-hmm. and he was very community minded also. So it's like I'm just just always throughout my life have had that thing with the community right. where there's that sense of responsibility. Because my my parents were like, "Listen, you guys were given more. You may think you don't have as much as other kids because you're not going on ski trips and you, you don't have all the new. You only have one new pair of shoes a year. Right. Everyone's got. But when you got here, you but, really realized. But I, but but I knew before I came right, here. Right, right. And because of the way they brought us up and the things that we did and the volunteer projects that they had us doing and, and the holidays and bringing people into the house and stuff. So I, I just was I was like, you know, Sen- Sensei Zulu was and he is he's still teaching here here in Manhattan. Wow. But he was um, 
so community minded, like a lot of the martial arts schools, you know, it's about money, which I understand everyone's got to pay. No shame to that game. But he gave this free martial arts class to women because right. he's like women. Free. Was it was free. free. Right. He taught free. And so now how I, much was your rent at the time? Really low. Was it like, it was like under four. Di- it was under four digits. Right, that's crazy. It was crazy. But it was, that's about what it was worth. <laughs> right. Of course. <laughs> so anyway, so he was because um, I also I wanted a low enough rent so I didn't have to get tied into a nine to five job right. before I really experience the city right. and and what were you experiencing what, what were you experimenting i was with? doing i was working in an art gallery okay. um i was dating different kinds of guys right. dated a guy you know some very eligible bachelors financially and right. other guys that were just fun and right. i was just you know so you were thing. around the, you were in new york in the east village during the whole post warhol pre uh keith herring basquiat era yeah Totally. And did you did you rub shoulders with the? Were you part of that downtown scene or? Not really. Did, I mean, I part I partied a little bit right. at them, but it was it was more. I was more. It was more. Uh, how can I say? It was just like survival and just figuring right. out what I wanted to do. Right, right, right. You know, right, like right. what am I really? What do I really want to do? And my main thing was just I don't want to get trapped. Right. You know, like I don't. And New York is a good place to come, if you don't want to be trapped. Yeah, and I think also too, it was like I had different choices at 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 different points in my life, like serious boyfriends that wanted to get married right. and I would have been very well situated and it would have been a certain lifestyle and I kind of want would have been set but I, I just but felt my calling happy. I know you, I felt you, my you, calling right. was in whatever the calling is right. I felt New York was calling me right. like I knew I had to had to be in New York so Sensei Zulu so we started with this this martial arts school and with the free class for the women and then I liked that so much and then I started to enroll in the regular class you know to the which was the black belt track right. to go through that that kind of training and he was just so brilliant and so far ahead of his time because his whole thing was you know you're a woman and you can fight a man but you can't fight a man the way you the way a man fights a man you have to use your smarts he basically all the street smart i would say most of the street smarts that i got i got from him and from the guys in the school because i mean we really fought you know it was it was it was rough stuff. Did you did you get your black belt? Yes, I did get my black belt. How long did it take you to get your black belt? Four, at least four years. Four, now, were you really, like, you dived into this? Oh, yeah. I mean, we were... You were aggressive with, with, with your we, martial arts. We sparred, and right. then he believed also, which was ahead of his time, he felt that, um, which is, of course, a debate now in women in sports, but at that time, he really believed, you know, and again, this is the early, you know, this is the early 80s, he, be- he believed that women should fight... Women should fight, learn how to defend themselves against men. Right. Because he said men are going to grab you a different way. Right. And boy, did they. Right. And they grab you, you know, not like grabbing you to cop a field, but grabbing you like grab your shoulders. Because gra- that's what was happening right. on the streets right. then. I now, mean, were you ever attacked? Did you ever have to use your, your martial arts? I did. I did later on, right. later on down the road. And I believe that it's, and, and I also believe in other situations it saved my life because I was able to take two, two things happen when you're in a life or death situation. It either goes really slow, like it's in slow motion, or it goes really fast. Right. And in the slow motion, like if you're if you're confident that you you know you can do something, if you have to, you can kind of go. There's that you have that moment of realization, that where, infinite focus of choice, right. where you're like, I don't want to die, I don't want to get hurt, I don't want my people to get hurt. We, we got to calm this down. And then it's it's real weird what ha- it's it's almost like an instant prayer, yes. and something happens. You know, and that's that's happened a couple times. Now, while all of this is happening, you get discovered on the subway by <laughs> by, by by a modeling agent, by, by right. a modeling agent from a photographer. Yeah, like taking pictures. Now, now t- tell us about that. I was um, the photographer took pictures, 
And he was, I was a guardian angel, which was a So you were already a guardian angel. Yeah. I got that through karate. I got okay. into that through the karate right. school. Because I'm like going, wow, I'm, I'm kind of, this is, this is really cool. And I did always like the martial arts. Why did you join? Because I angel? honestly, honestly, I felt like it was a way to help because there just wasn't, the, the, it's hard for people to understand now because that we do have a strong police presence, but there was like a very l low police presence in New York City. And there were there were neighborhoods, there were trains where you'd never see a cop. There were trains that were run by people that were marauding up and down the trains, just robbing people. And as a woman in particular, it was it was really sketchy. I mean, women always have to be careful. Yeah. And especially now, you know, but um, in a different way. You know, more like at the club, make sure somebody's not slipping something in your drink. Yeah. But um, you know, then it was like on the street, survival. You know, I used to commute from Brooklyn to, to, to Manhattan for high school. So we're talking my, my entire high school uh, life. And, and I just remember as a freshman um, at 14 years old, having to ride, we're, we're talking early 80s. And I just really f remember how lawless it was and how helpless. Well, I think the helpless thing is I, I felt. is the... Because at yeah. any given moment, or even if I was hanging out with my friends on 42nd Street and we take the two to three back to New York and at least 50 cats. This is, we're talking about a, sub, a crowded subway car and then 50 cats would get on the train and just start marauding everybody. Oh, yeah, up and Smacking down. everybody up the head. And, you know, it was like these guys are bigger than you. They get they, on, they, they out, get on. They outnumber you. There's no cops in sight for at least 15 stops. So it's like wow. you're, you're, you're really on your own. And this was the New York of, of of that era. Oh no, definitely. And and I think I mean and th and this is also when you're having like the beginning of of Mr. Magic and the rap attack. Right. So it's like there's all these things. There's all these things. It's a hot pot. All these things all going on. All these things on. culturally that are popping, but at, at the same time, New York went into this very aggressive mode. It was extremely like, aggressive. You know, we're talking about the era of of Bernard Getz and 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 the advent at the time of, of vigilantism in New York as well because it seemed like that was the only the only option that well, I think you had. people felt that I think people felt desperate right right you know and I think I think it was there was a sense there there just and there, there especially was a sense in the in the inner city communities in many of our neighborhoods that nobody cares nobody cares and so that's why and the people, city was damn near bankrupt as well so. yeah there was a lot of issues right <laughs> there was a lot of issues going on Period. Right. But to me, I didn't see it that way. I saw New York as this huge opportunity right. and a huge challenge. And I'm like, wow, this is really cool. And I was like, you know, I had the modeling thing. I was signed to a contract with Elite Model I mean, Management, which was which the top huge. agency at the time. Right. And I had I had modeling gigs and modeling jobs, was going on go sees, still doing martial arts, still doing the Guardian Angel thing. And it was just um that that's that's what it was. But the stuff on the streets, it sounds crazy because people were like, Wow, you could have you could have stayed longer in Europe or you could have done this job or that job or whatever. But it was it was what was happening in the city that was the so, most exciting. So to did me. you feel like a sense of on top of the excitement? But did you feel a sense of mission with regard to the guardian angels? Oh, definitely at that right. time. Because it was very satisfying. Because we'd be on the trains, and, and it was he, brand new. It, it was, was brand, brand new. new. These guys we were really out there on the streets with the with the with the red berets and that and the, the, the all seeing eye on on a t shirt. Right. And and so, but what was that that determinative uh, moment where you like I'm going to join these guys? What was? I it? think it was in the martial arts because right. the guy was like, if you really like this, you, if you really want to, and it was more like the guy, the one of the uh, instructors at the karate schools. It's like more like. If it's if if you really want to see how good you are, you should you should join the test 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 test, you know, test your skills. This. Right. So I did. So I joined. You know, took the ride up to Fordham Road in the Bronx. Is that where the headquarters? That's where the, the headquarters okay. was at the time. And it was basically, um, 
you know, it, it was basically, I was like, listen, what's the, what's the worst train? What's the worst car? You what know, was the worst train at the time? At the time, A train. A train, right. What's the worst car, the last car? Because that's where everybody was just, right. they were scheming, you know, it just was scheming, partying, you know, just going crazy, just walling out in general. Whatever kind of, whatever the walling out was at right. that moment, that's, it was going on in the last car. And, and, and that's what happened, so. Now, reportedly, when you, when you, right before you joined uh, the Guardian Angels, you approached Curtis Lee, who was the, the head of the, has been the head of the Guardian Angels, and you told him that you really didn't like him that much. Yeah, I didn't like him. I well, thought he was well, well, a, I thought he was a dictator, right. and I thought he was very authoritarian. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to do this and for a little bit and see what it is and and see what I really, right? You know what it's really all about. And and you know, looking back, um, just at some clips and and some some video, you were very outspoken, like very <laughs> outspoken. Just you didn't give a fuck. That was just, the '80s, right? It was the '80s. It was so, the '80s. So you, what do you bro and I call call uh, crack era crazy? What was? But don't the you want to talk about 2015? There's no, so we're, much we're gonna get to 2015. But what was what was the mem- what was the the, the the training like for 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 Guardian Angels? The training the training was a lot of martial arts, but also much more self defense. Right. And I think this is something too. I mean, this is something that I think is still to this day um, not given enough credit. There's so many non lethal ways to take people down. Right. There's there's so yes. many there's so many ways to you can diffuse, diffuse right. situations, right. and I just I, you know I have tremendous respect for the police officers. There's there's police officers that are martial artists also, and they feel that that's that really gives them a whole different way to deal with whatever's going to happen on the streets. And I think it's just it, it's 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 so important. And I think it's just very you know I I wish there was more of some of the ta- of some of the takedown techniques. I was lucky because Sensei Zulu. He was a master in in jujitsu and aikido, and also in would originally Nisei Goju karate, which was a hard and soft style. Right. But the jujitsu was the rolling; like we had to learn how to fall on concrete and roll on concrete. The, did, did you get hurt when in, in, in your training? I had a lot of bruises. Right. I mean, there were a couple of times when I showed for a modeling or whatever, and they're looking at me. They're like, "Going, oh, you got a bad boyfriend or a problem is like everything that? all right?" Like, no, yeah. no, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm good. I'm, you know, I'm focused. I'm, 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 <laughs> We'll just use that cover-up cream on yeah, my arm because you know we're we're blocking right. and you know you're, you're right on the bone there, but um, it it was just his whole his whole technique you know he had a, a combination of techniques which he later created into his own system which is now recognized as as a zujitsu zujitsu named after him okay. so the, but a lot of those techniques were very yeah we you know were the the um, the, the restraining holds in particular were very very good. Your first moments as a guardian angel was it scary? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, like, what, what were some of the worst I, things? I was just like, well, first of all, the guys. I mean, you know, the very few girls. Right. There, there were girls. I was the first female leader. Right. There were there were um, there were girls there, but it was just the kind of thing like they didn't. But really they know weren't to, as pretty as you. They weren't. Well, they didn't really know what to make of me right, either. Right, like, right. Here, here she is, and you know, I had you're the tall, long hair. I had the blonde, braid. Right. You know, and I had I kind of went up there and I had sneakers on and I I had like. Uh, like dark green army fatigue pants on and i'm just kind of like and a couple guys were hitting on me right up there in the headquarters waiting to go for my interview right other guys were trying to borrow money and it just was like this whole crazy thing i'm like okay this is this is it, it was like instant instant uh street, right. street lessons right, right from the get-go what was some of the craziest things you saw or experienced crazy things yeah. a lot of crazy things like what like <laughs> just 
they're just crazy things. I mean, people were smoking. You know, that's the other thing too. Is like you would go, you go in Midtown Manhattan. People were smoking, smoking crack in Times oh, Square. Open air, you'd mid, smell mid, it. Midday, yeah. You'd see yep. the cat. You know, you'd see the you'd see the little capsules all over the place, all over everywhere. You knew what the different to- color tops were. The different, you know, like they stamped the. Um, you know, they, like they stamp the heroin decks right now. You know, the the, the glassine yeah. envelopes. Right. They have the different brand names. You know, the different color tops would be the 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 gray to crack. People people always had the cars broken into. People were getting robbed for chains and stuff like that. Which, by the way, I want to let everybody know there have been some chain snatchings on the train. Really? Yeah. So, so it's a chain I get snatch- the tr- I get the chain, sn- chain snatchings. Are chain bad. snatchings. Okay. I just tweeted out today. Eight they had jackets. they they robbed the European Wax Center in Riverdale. Really? Like some guy went in there. Took five hundred dollars out of the cash register. That's I mean, crazy. It's like, come on, you know, leave our beauty salons and yeah. our we- leave our beauty yeah, treatment know, right? centers alone. But you know? but were you ever in a situation where things got violent or hectic and you were like, I might die or I might really get seriously hurt? Were you yeah, there? yeah. Like like, can can we talk about one one? There been there been a I mean there been a bunch of them right. with like with the crack things and you know we were arrested we were making citizens arrest of people. And sometimes you guys had cuffs. You guys had your own cuffs. No, we're not allowed to use handcuffs. Right. So, so it was how? always that the, the idea was there was strength in a group. Right. You know. And 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 talk uh, about how you know there was a mixed feeling with regard to the guardian. Well, angels. the police hated us. The police hate. Why did they hate you? Guys? They, because they just thought we were just a bunch of. I mean, we were a multiracial group. Right. Um, you had a lot of people from the inner city. A lot of guys in particular. So there were stereotypes, of course, and it was just like you know who are these people. They have this big mouth leader, which they looked at him. He's attacking everybody, and um, they just didn't, they just didn't like it. And they're like, "Oh, you're gonna take you know you're you're pressuring you're easing the pressure of the public pressure to hire more police officers, which is not true because there right. just wasn't any money and there right. was no you know there was just you know you, you you go to certain neighborhoods you you know get on that L train late at night going through East New York you and watch out. No cops were there, yeah, yeah. You know, watch out. You and, needed to have you you could not fall asleep. And why was it that? The, the membership composed was was composed mainly of people of color because that's the inner city i mean you look at the demographics of new york you know new york new york the 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 demog- the census is basically a third white a third black a third latino growing asian i mean these are very rough numbers i'm right. giving you but the numbers the communities where we were most active were predominantly communities of color mm-hmm. which you had lo- you had some low income whites in some of these areas especially from lower east side and and latino and then you had, you know, the biggest areas were the South Bronx that people came from and were like East New York, Bushwick, Bed-Stuy, because these were the areas there was no police and where stuff was happening on the streets. Right. People are just trying to. And talk know. about the South Bronx, like the South Bronx was really burning. Well, that was that was earlier than right. when I was active okay. in that. So I okay. didn't really witness that whole right. thing. You know, it, it's interesting because you, you join the, the, the Guardian Angels and then all of a sudden it really you guys really become a phenomenon. Like the the guardian angels are the hottest fucking thing on the planet in New York City at the time. Well, I think it was the idea of hope. Right. I think there was the idea, and and again, I want to you know talk talking with you. I mean, I'm thinking about everything that happened today and talking about hip hop so much, and it's it's just this this theme of hope to right. me is so important in our life because I think once you lose hope, it's game over. Right. And I think with I think the the guardian angels at that time and the reason I was involved in it. I mean, I had options. You know, I had the modeling contract. Right. I had the Different things I could have been doing in a different way, which, you know, people are like, oh, you should have done that. Or one of my brothers is like, oh, you could have made money and bought us all houses. And <laughs> stuff. I'm like, but instead of just doing enough money to pay bills right, and of course. keep things going. But I think the idea that why it, it caught the imagination of people so much was we were not armed. Right. Nobody was armed. It was this multiracial group, which was very kind of not radical, but was like 
was like, wow, that's pretty, pretty amazing. You know, and you had, we had uh, blacks, Latinos from di different Latino, you know, different Latino cultures and different. And, and there's, and there's you. I mean, and, there, and, I mean and there's me. We and can't there forget, the, ignore the right. fact that there's you. Right. Like you're really at, at the forefront. Like you're one of the. The voices of like well, I had to earn that. Right. I mean, I had to, I trust me. I was tested, and, right. I, and I had to earn it. And then once I did earn it, it's like the guys that I was with were some of them I'm still in touch with today, and they were like really, they, they were really there for me. But I think th this idea of hope, and I think there was an idea that like, wow, we can do this. Right. You know, there's wow, there's something we can do. It's not like they're doing something to us, and we can't do anything about it. It was this mentality of empowerment. That I think is so great. And I think it's also, I think it's the core of why hip hop has been so explosive in its influence. And as, as Professor Chris Emden, um, Columbia University with the hip hop ed and shout out to all the hip hop ed teachers and kids. But it's like his whole thing is he goes, it's like air. It's like it, it empowers it's infectious. us. It's yeah, but it empowers right, us and right. it gives you hope. And it, it's, it's, it's not like anything you have to be ashamed of. It's like. Mm wow, we can do this. This idea like, yeah, we can master science. We can do these things even though our schools didn't teach us right. this. We can, you know? Right. It's like we can. Yes, si se puede. I mean, it's like, yes, we can. But what I find fascinating is that the sense of hope starts traveling from city to city to city. And then people start approaching you. Like, Hollywood approaches you guys. Like, how, wasn't there a... At a time, yeah. A, yeah, wasn't there like a, a made-for-TV movie based loosely on... The we Guardian didn't have anything Inc. to do that, but though. but it was they still, did it, yeah. And they 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 they, they, the, they the, did it. They they got it was like out of the you know it was kind of like a different version of basically like the good guy version right. of the Warriors or right. one of those. But they the even had someone that kind of resent like Ellen Barkin <laughs> was the was, was the girl was the Lisa Evers of of the of the show right I guess yeah. I guess and then and then you get <laughs> Reggie I don't even th I mean it's so funny because I'm like I, I had to do my research. I've <laughs> read somewhere that at a certain point. Someone offered you guys a deal for jeans, like Guardian Angels jeans, and you guys are like, "Dude, this is." This I turned down a lot. I honestly, I, I'm probably, I'm probably, you know, I should, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say, I shouldn't say this is something to be proud of, right. but it's like sometimes, sometimes you're defined by what you don't do, right? Of course, as opposed to what you do, right? And as a woman, and it goes back to like, no, I never, I never did nude modeling, and I couldn't. Were made, you approached? Like I'm yes, sure at the time, yes, with the men's magazine, yeah, like the penthouse early, and, early on right, with right, the men's magazine right, right. in Chicago. You know, Playboy was, course, it, was yeah. and it was, it was just like I was just like I just didn't, I didn't feel right, I didn't feel comfortable, and it wasn't because I was ashamed of my body because I, I felt, I felt really good about how I looked, right. but it was. um I just didn't feel it was right. And then as my, you know, my, my thinking and my consciousness evolved as, as we all do, I hope we all do as human yes, beings, we're so changing. Right. But it, it, it was just, um, I, I was offered a cigarette smoking campaign wow. a, uh, for, remember Virginia Slims right. or whatever. Wow. One of this, and it was like a, a long six way, figure, baby. Right. a big, big uh, contract. And I turned it down. Did you smoke cigarettes at the time or? Uh, no. Okay. And I, I did it early, a long time ago, right. but when, once I did the martial arts, I couldn't because it's just you, the, Breathing, I couldn't do the breathing, and right. and Sensei Zula was always big on the breathing thing. So, um, I turned I turned down a six figure thing. We were really broke, wow. like really, really broke. And and, um, and and you you stated though that all of these opportunities that were coming to you, some that you turned down, but mainly the ones that you guys accepted, really went back in to support the organization. Yeah, but there wasn't. I mean, it was it was basically like survival. Right. And it's like the the things like I didn't feel like I could go to a class. I mean, and maybe I took myself too seriously. You know, but I didn't I didn't feel like I could go in front of a class of kids and say don't do drugs and then there I am 
looking all glamorous with it with a cigarette right, in my hand right, right. you know which so. is, which is crazy um <laughs> yeah, pretty much we we have a mutual friend okay who helped you with your book uh keith Keith Greenberg, Greenberg. yes, uh, yeah. he's, close he's for, awesome. Yeah. Now tell us, like you, you, you he's got, awesome. I need Keith again. We got to do a. He's he's, a, he's available. Okay, he, told me, he told me to give you his regards. But <laughs> you, 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 you were so popular that you. you I did a book called Common Sense Self Defense right. for Women, and then I was thinking, I was, I was, ta I was talking with, um, I, I was, it was incredible. I was at a school, school about a year ago in the Bronx, and we were some of the Yankees were going to visit the school, and we were we were covering. It was like a nice kind of feel good slow news day, and it was a fun story. And then one of the teachers came up to me and she goes, are you going to do a sequel to that book? <laughs> she goes, because that book, she goes, you know, I had just I had just gotten divorced. I was living on my own with my baby daughter. And she goes, that helped me with so many things. And then I was like going, I was like, because a lot of the stuff, I mean, and that that was really geared towards that era, too, because right. it was so physical. Like when the guy comes to grab your purse, here's what you do to how you swing him around. And this is how you carry your purse and stuff. And then um, she, she's like, are you going to do an update to that? And I'm like, I don't know. You know, I need to talk to some people. Maybe I, maybe I should, but we got to do a lot more. If, if I do do an update, it has to be with a lot more with these social situ these quasi-social situations because that's where a lot of these girls are getting tripped up in now and, and women. Right. It's like the drinking thing. It's like, you know, if I go, if I mean, even to this day, it's like if I if I go out, if I go out with the girls or we have a couple of girls going like, yeah, we just we really need to hear some music and mm -hmm. let's let's just go out and, and let our hair, you know, and, and hair, just, the right. one, you know, the ones that need babysitters, get babysitters and whatever. And this is what it is. It's like nobody's leaving. We're not leaving anybody behind right. in the club or right. the restaurant or whatever by themselves. And if they're really drunk and they're like, no, he said he's going to take me home. No, no. Right. What you know? We, if they call you a cock block, a cock block, whatever, whatever it is, but no, but right, and, like, and the, the guy will be like, "Well, what about her?" But right. we're like, "No, no, we're taking her home, and yeah, give him your number if you want or whatever, and see how this whole situation looks tomorrow." Right. But you're coming home, but there's there's no like kind of girl code anymore. It seems like for these because these girls go out to parties, especially in college campuses. We've had so many tragedies one after another right. where they're drinking, and then in the clubs, so many of the clubs which you never and you'll never hear about this. In the media, because it's very hard to prove, and a lot of the girls, there have been a number of incidents where, and in, and I, and I'm not just talking about local neighborhood clubs. I'm talking about high end clubs too, where things get dropped and girls drinks. And you don't even know yeah. all the and time. That's a big thing. And they wake up somewhere, and then they're they're, they're like, did something what happen? Happened? Something happened. I know something know. happened because right. a woman knows. You know, right. you you know your body's not right, your clothes not right. You you just you know you you know. Right. You know, on like some kind of soul level when that happens to right. you. And it's so sad to me, you know. How did you guys handle the severity of basically the war that was going on in the streets, but also your sense of celebrity? Like you were a celebrity at the time. Like you became a celebrity. Like I, will, I, I looked at some, like one of the things that I love looking at is old New York television. Yeah. And, and, and I see you on TV <laughs> with... with, so with with Howard Stern. And we better I, get to 2015 because we, we got a lot of things. We're, we're getting, I got a big hip hop we're, agenda we're, for 2015. We're getting to 2015. But, but, you know, I marvel at seeing you, a, a young, you know, Lisa Evers, Lisa Sliwa at the time, right. and a young Howard Stern. Like, can you, can you talk about, like, that? He look? was hilarious. Yeah. Did he, he loved you guys, right? Yeah. I mean, I did the show. Right. He had me on the show alone. Yes. And he he was just he was he was hysterical. He was like I you know he, he, it was it was just funny and it was it, it, fun. It's just a, it's just an amazing time capsule. And then of course you know back then it's I, so funny. You're, it's funny to me 
hearing you talk about this because I'm like, I'm almost like feeling like I'm talking about somebody else because I feel like it's a different, this is, it's a different life. Yeah. Cause like this You're is the a different most person. amazing. Yeah. Cause this to me is like the most amazing time. Right. You know? Yeah. Morton Downey Jr. though. <laughs> Morton Downey crazy. Jr. was the king. Listen, of, I think like, I think if somebody came out like that with a show like that now, I think it would be off the charts. Because all the talk is so could polite. it exist right now on cable? On cable, on cable. Right, right? But like where somebody's just really, you know, the the or just or, or basically like no keeping ball. it a hundred, you know, right. like like this is what it is, you know, like do you really think that, you know? Or... Now, now looking back at, at Lisa from the from the eighties, um, you had a very uh, no tolerance attitude towards crime. Yes. No, no, like, you know, if you do the crime, in a sense, even if you're accused of the crime, then you're a fucking criminal. Well, I wouldn't go that far. Right. Okay. Um, we had uh, last year, Raymond. I still, I still dislike crime. Right. Of course. But I understand, I, I have a much different understanding. I would say a much broader and deeper understanding of the system. What the system, right. and also what it, also much, a much better idea, I think, and a much deeper idea just from covering stories and also from all the work that I've done and all right. the work I've done in the community and, and my whole team, my shout out to my old street soldiers team, Tone Capone and Rose yes. and Amber Ravenel, yes. Mia Bell, Mike Medium, everybody. It's like, and, and everybody that's helped us with, with push for peace throughout the years. It's, it's just that there's certain, you get tracked. I mean, in, in life you get tracked. Right. If you're in a wealthy suburb, whether you're black, white, Latino, Asian, but if you're wealthy, you're, they're, t they're telling you from age kindergarten, you know, you need to get good grades. You need to do this. Yes. We're putting you in this program. We're, we have this after-school activity for you. You have this play date with this one. You have this. I mean, the really rich kids have to go to interviews at age two right. to get into private Trust schools. Trust me, my, my kids are in private school. So you and, understand and, what I'm talking about. And, and we about. have to fight so hard to, to keep them grounded. Right. So hard to keep them so, grounded. And, and then by the as, same as, token. The, they have to be competitive. Right. But everything in their life is telling them you're special, you're special, right. you're special, right. you're special. Right. Whereas for a child that's growing up in a low income community, particularly a community of color, they're dealing they're dealing with being perceived in America as a minority. You're not special. You're not special. Mm. It's the exact opposite. Right. You don't have you don't have the school supplies you need. You don't have the interest from the teacher. You don't have people telling you. And it, it's been so fascinating to me as a reporter and, and as a host of Street Soldiers on Hot 97 is that the people that make it at the, you know, the people that make it despite having the deck so stacked against them, the story is always the same at the beginning because mm -hmm. there was one person, whether it was their mother, the grandmother, sometimes a father or a grandfather, you know, cause there's single dads out there. We don't talk yes. about enough either, but um, there was an uncle, there was somebody in their life that was there telling them you can do it. Right. You don't have to be like them. Stay off the corner. I'm keeping you out. You're with me, and this is what it is. And then they go on to be these huge successes. Right. Let's let's jump, but I want to end this chapter. <laughs> Other than the divorce with, with, with Curtis, right? What made you take the beret off, the, the red beret off? Like what, what, was, was, just, what was the it last? It was the days? end of the. You know, it was kind of the end of that era. Right. I mean, the organization had changed. Mm -hmm what the goals had changed and it was it was a big turning point in my life i tried to stay in, involved in it for a while but i really had to i really felt like i had to do me you felt that you had to grow yeah absolutely okay, okay. basically Let, let's go to a quick break and okay then let's resume this story internet you tune into the combat jackson we have the amazing lisa evans <laughs> you're so on, sweet on this episode yeah, I feel like I'm listening to Street Soldiers right now. This, like, is, this is Street like, Soldiers. Like the, like the extended version, you know, because I know it's an hour. Like, like, I, I try to talk. I try to not talk that much on Street Soldiers. Well, we sound yeah. great. Listen, let's go to this break and let's come back. Internets, this portion of the Combat Jack Show is sponsored by Bevel. 
have a real serious announcement to make, man. Like, you guys have been fucking up with us for a while. You guys have been fucking with Bevel. But there's been a drop-off in people that have been going to Bevel over the past year. I don't know if, if we've reached a point of saturation. I just think some of you out there just happy to be cheap motherfuckers that shave with that grimy fucking, those those nasty fucking yellow Gillette, whatever the fuck you shave with, man. I think you motherfuckers are lazy. And you're not helping the Combat Jack Show. You're not helping Tristan Walker. You're not helping the cause for black men, people with coarse and curly hair, to shave like fucking gentlemen. I mean, we're in a fucking war right now, and you guys are choosing the side that's going to lose. Stop fucking around. Pull out your credit card. Go to GetBevel.com. Punch in the promo code COMBAT, C-O-M-B-A-T, shave like a boss. Internet, you're tuned in to the Combat Jack Show, the CombatJackShow.com. And with us, we have the original street soldier, Miss Lisa Evers, who Thank is sharing this, this glorious and colorful history. Um, Lisa, we, we talked a lot about, you know, you know, when you were actually literally a street soldier. How did you make the change from from that into 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 becoming a reporter? Um, there was a little bit of a transition there. I was doing uh, talk television for News Talk Television. I had been doing the radio show, uh, AM radio show. 1010 Wins? Uh, WABC oh, with w- my ex-husband. Okay. So I had had a certain amount of media experience, but then I was like... Did you like those shows? Yeah, I did, but I, I still, I really liked news. Right. And, and, and I, I really like, I really like talking about news because it was, I was kind of evolved to the point where I was like, I want to, there's issues I want to talk about. There's things I want to hear people talking about. And, but it has to be factually based. You can't just get on a microphone and start saying things about people irresponsibly. So I did this news talk right. television uh, for a year and a half. And then that, uh, that network went under, but it gave me a big taste for the news. And then I did a couple of, I was doing, at one point I was working four different jobs. I was, uh, going through the divorce. I moved up to the Bronx, had to give up this gorgeous apartment in, uh, Battery Park City at the time and was living in the Bronx, taking the train and doing four different jobs. I was working Hot 97. I was doing, uh, I did WOR. I even did WLIB at one point. Right. Wow. They had me on. And uh, there was another, one other radio station. I was doing just trying to do any f- freelance fill-in shifts and then um, really establish myself on my own, you now, know, and th- under, my own, under my own. And I wanted to take my maiden name back because right. I wanted a really clear break with everything that had gone before. Not that I was ashamed of it. I'm, but it, but, but I'm very it, happy for it, right. but it was just, I didn't want to, I wanted my name. You didn't want to be locked it, to, to, to Yeah, to and it was kind of like a coming of, you right. know, my own coming of age. Now, at the you know, same time, my we, own. We, we talk about evolution and, and self-reflection. What's going on internally with regard to your worldviews and how they're changing? What's, what's, what's changing? Because your, your, your tone starts changing in terms of how you view things. Well, I had this job for News Talk Television, right. which was basically two and a half hours live talk TV every day. Wow. And it was the person that was ran the network was very conservative. So they told me, we want you to be the host because you have a talk radio background, which was very rare for women. And you had a conservative background in a sense. No, in the, in the, the radio show, I was kind of more the news-based person. Right. Okay. But um, no, I didn't really have strong strong political views that way. More on issues right. and certain issues. So they were like, "You have to be right down the middle. We're going to have uh, opposing sides, which I liked, and this is what you're going to do with the show." So the show would be done by about one o'clock in the afternoon. You know, we, we'd be done with the show. I had great producers, and I wouldn't get the material for the next morning till like seven o'clock at night. So there were a lot of um, community events and a lot of things happening. 
through Hot 97, and I was doing the radio show then, and um, I was able to go out. I had had the time to go out to a, a lot of the different communities and air, you know, and I was just out all the time, and uh, different community groups, and it just really gave me a great, great background. How'd you get to Hot 97? Hot 97, uh, they approached me. It was Judy Ellis, who's mm. still in the radio business, very visionary uh, radio, radio person. And the and program Tra- was Tracy at the Tracy at the. Not she wasn't there. Okay. It was Steve Smith was okay. the uh, was the program director, and they said, "Listen, we're turning the radio station into this hip hop station, uh. and we want to have a show. We know who you are." And Judy was a woman, so I, I was. I mean, I was going through, you know, I don't want to say identity crisis, because but I really was in a sense like I was divorced. I I knew I couldn't be what I was. But I didn't know what I was going to be. Which you know is what a I'm great saying? place to be. Pardon I, mean, me? I think it's a great place to be. I because, think it's exciting because you're, you're naked, you're unsure. I was broke as heck. But you know that you, <laughs> you know that there's something out there, something. Bigger. I just knew I, I I knew what I couldn't do, right. and I I knew that I I've always felt even when people have told me again, you know, like warned me against it. Um, I always felt like when something I felt very strongly in my heart that I had to do it, I just had to kind of say, you know what, I got to do this because right. I'm not going to be able to live with myself. Right. So I was I was at that point where I knew the the past, you know, I, w- I was still, I was done with the past. I was ready for a new life, but I didn't know what it was going to be. So she asked me to do this show and I'm like, this is fantastic. She's like, what name are we going to use? And I'm like, well, I'm not legally divorced yet. Let's just use my middle name, Lisa Maria. And as soon as I can use Evers, I'll use Evers. Right. The divorce laws have changed now, so you can use it right away. So there, there were laws that, that were saying that you were restricted very, from there were very your, strict. Your very, maiden name? You couldn't legally use your maiden name? At the time, I didn't wow, think that's, I could. that's crazy. So I was just like, okay, this is what I'm going to do, right. and then I'm going to, then, then I will use, you know, we switched my maiden name. But she was very supportive. She's like, we have this idea for the show. Steve Smith was like, I want you to play some music. I want you to talk about issues that come out of the music. So I had lo- I loved hip-hop. I mean, it was totally, totally in love with hip-hop. And that's what we did. That's what we started doing it. And it just evolved it was, week was after it week after week. Soldiers? Yeah, it was always called Street Soldiers. Wow. Lisa wow. Evers. So, so this has yeah. been from day one. Day one was in, Street in Soldiers. In the DNA, DNA of, of, of Hot 97. Yeah, totally. That's crazy. Me, uh, me Flex. Yeah. That's crazy. Talk Bobby about, Connors. Talk, talk about the evolution of Street Soldiers. The evolution was, it, it just kind of grew. I mean, there were a lot of... You know, there were, there were a lot of people that did their first interview on Hot 97 Street Soldiers, which right. I'm very proud like of. Like whom? Politically, uh, Eric Adams, who's now mm-hmm. the Brooklyn Borough President, he did he did his first interview oh. there. Uh, James Davis, the city councilman yes. who was gunned down. Yes, they... There were different artists that were on. There were songs that were debuted, like uh, um, Akon and Styles P, you know, Lockdown. Yes. They debuted that on, on wow. a show we did on pris- on incarceration. Right, right, right. Um, T.I. Tone Capone, my producer, my producer said to him, like, hey, his first, he did his first New York radio interview with us. And he's like, yeah, this guy. And I'm like, are you sure he doesn't have too strong a Southern accent? Because, <laughs> you know, we're at that time where New York had that whole big thing with the South. Right. Like, no, you don't want to hear the Southern artists. And, it wasn't accepted. It wasn't yeah, accepted. it wasn't accepted. Right. So I'm like, you sure, you sure our audience, we're not going to be calling up the whole show, right. telling us they hate it. And um, it, it just it evolved and it grew. And it just we just really got involved in so many the show has been such a wonderful way for me to stay connected with the community through, throughout the years. I mean, we've done, um, we, we, well, early on, we did things for kids. We did these holiday parties with the Hip Hop Has Heart Foundation. We did 2005 was the craziest with the Katrina thing. Mm, that's right. Because uh, people were calling up the station. I mean, this happened in, in New Orleans. Yes. People were calling up the station going, we don't want to give money to 
the big charities because we don't trust that they're going to get into the community. And then my producer, Tone, he was working records at the time, and hip-hop records, and he had this network of DJs. And again, here's the, where the music came in all throughout the South. And they were telling us, like, you know, people aren't getting the help. We're just not getting the help. This is now like was, a week was, or two. It was mad confusing. Yeah, it was very confusing. And then as a reporter at Fox 5, I'm doing stories. People are unloading their closets in New York with their old clothes into these trucks. They're driving these trucks down. So people are like, Lisa, what what can we do? What can we do? And I'm like, we don't really have an answer. So my I, my producer goes, why don't we just get a why don't we just get a truck and fill it and drive it down ourselves? Right. Th- that doesn't that seem like normal? Right. So I said, Tone, I go, <laughs> you get the truck. I mean, I'm on the news news and now on Fox five days a week. Right. And but it was such an urgent thing because we could see how the people were suffering. So we got the truck. Tone got the truck. He put it on his credit card. Then Hot 97 got behind it with Hip Hop Has Heart Foundation. They're like, we'll pay you back or whatever. Right. We actually, now this is 2005. Yes. So we get the the NYPD. There was a chief um, who was incredibly, he was a really special guy. So I got, I got, I went through like major connections through media to get to him. And he's got, and he, Chief Smolka, and he goes, big shout out to, to Chief Smolka. He's like, listen, he's like, if this is for the kids... In, in Louisiana, he goes, I got you. They let us park this big, gigantic truck on 33rd Street and 7th Avenue, right by Madison Square Garden. That's, that's, pr- a, that's, right, prime. that's right as you that's go prime, in. prime, yeah. Prime. For two and a half days, we manned it 24 hours a day. Wow. We had people driving up, loading up. Everything was brand new. We didn't want to take nothing. We, want, we wanted them to have something. We wanted the socks. You could open the package, and they were nice. You and, wanted them to feel prideful, even though exactly, they were neat. Right. Exactly. And hip-hop got by. The, the, our average listeners got behind it really big time. Um, and 50 donated a ton of T-shirts. He like had a $7,000 FedEx bill to send T-shirts down to the place <laughs> wow. where we were going, right. like at this that to donate them uh diddy puff puff donated a whole bunch of barbies and hot wheels because one of the problems is these kids are stuck in shelters what are they going to do all right, day right you know there's no tvs hooked and there's, there's a no, lot of trauma going on and, and there's and a lot how, of how do, how do right so we were able but... to get we were able to do and then it was just like a lot of average people that just brought in school supplies they brought books they brought pampers they brought under you know like you you figure you run out of your house you know everything you're going to need toiletry kits we the had basics. things we had, you know, things that the lady, you know, that the women needed and the girls needed. And it was incredible. We And we drove it down there. We freaking just drove it How right down it there. How was it when we got down there? We, Alabama, we started to see like, we're like, oh, wow, this is crazy. Right. And then we got stopped in Virginia by the, the state troopers because we had the big truck. And then the only rented car we had had Nevada plates. Right. So it's me, Tone Capone, um, Lonnie, who was w- working with us. And Chris Alvarez. So you basically had you had the white girl, you had the Dominican, you had the Colombian, and you had the tall, dark skinned black guy. You guys guy. are so suspect. So we look so su- we look like we were moving something <laughs> yeah. really big. Moving that moving that base. <laughs> so they got they stopped the truck and we were in the car. I was in the car right behind him on that leg because we were switching because the truck was so bumpy. And they're like, Lonnie goes, we we got pulled over. We got pulled over. I'm like. Just keep keep me on the phone. I'm coming right over there. And now I'm like in full mode. Like I'm calling the Fox. I'm getting the Fox TV station here. We're getting Provo. So the state trooper goes like, I just want you to know. I go, uh, I go. I'm Lisa Everett. Blah 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 blah. I show my press pass. We're on a, a relief mission. You see, we open the truck. This is what we got. We got socks and dolls and you Underwear know and, uh, and hot, all yeah. this kind of stuff. Hot Wheels and yeah, all this kind of stuff. And um, 
He's like, I just want you to know you're in Virginia. He goes, we want you to have a nice quick trip through here. And don't, don't, I said, what, what were we doing wrong? We're going to speed limit. He goes, that's the problem. You were going 55. He goes, we'll give you 65 to 75. He goes, I'll give you 75 to get out of my state. Really? Like that. Like he was just like, Whoosh. wow. Yeah. Like we're driving too slow. Right. Like that, they thought that, we were that, driving that, too that, slow. That's crazy. So I was like going, I was like going, Whoosh. Because we made sure before we went, like, everyone, like, check all the driver's licenses, the insurances, and, you know, like, you got to have your paperwork yeah, correct you when you're on yeah. the road. So that that was it. And then we got to uh, to uh, Baton Rouge was as close as we could get. Mm -hmm. There was a big shelter there right. at the Mini Dome and uh, at the university. And um, we we got in there through the one of the guys from one of the labels. His mother was in a sorority, and they let they were helping the people there. And then we just we just set up and, and gave all the stuff, you know, the people from New York had given to these people. And we handed, our deal was, we're going to hand it to them personally right. so that you know what you donate Absolutely. goes to them. Because right. this was when there were, like, plane loads of stuff going and... And just disappearing. Where's it going? Right. You got plane loads of sneakers. Which, 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 which there's, 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 you know... I, I, a I lot this, happened. There's a term called, what, disaster capitalism, where, you know, some companies make a lot of money. I would just it. call it straight jacking. Straight jacking. There was, there was yeah, just, exactly. Somebody, somebody was... It was just somebody was jacking, yeah. You know, and so that's what we did. Now at ten ten, re that really changed. I mean, that 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 kind of really changed my life too, because the people were so incredible. Right at ten ten, you were on, you were literally on ground zero at, at, during nine eleven. Right? That day, yeah, that day. we went down. To, I was supposed to work night that day, because right. it was a it was a primary election day, so I was supposed to start that's working right. at four o'clock. And then my brother calls me in the morning. One of my brothers, he's like, "Turn on the TV," and I'm like, "Going." And, and I, when I saw the sky, you know, when you're a news reporter, there's certain things that stick out right away. Like I'm like, "Going, the sky's really clear. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't miss that something happened or whatever." Right, right, right. So they told me, "No, come so in." So clear that day, right? So ten ten winds is like, "Come, come, uh, come in later." I couldn't even get through on the phone because the phone lines were so right. jammed. And I ha I had a uh, Toyota Forerunner at the time, so I was like. I was like, I can't, I can't stay in the apartment. This is not, I can't stay here. This is, I'm in Uptown. I've been right. Washington Heights. I'm like, I can't step here. So, um, I, I, I finally called, got through to somebody at Winds, and they're like, no, we're going to need you to take over because everyone's going to be burnt out. We'll need you to take over in the afternoon. Right. So I'm like, I, I got to get down to Hot 97. So, cause it's Hot 97 is in, in, you know, right on the West Village Soho border. So I'm coming down the West Side Highway, which is now people are, people are, are walking. Thousands of people walking up the highway. The there were there were like there was a guy like in a fireman suit. Another guy was like there hit the two or three guys like can you give us a ride? So we opened up the back of the truck. By the time I got down to Forty Second Street, there were a couple of guys. Right. You know the truck was full of people that they were everyone's jumping down there to help. Right. And it was and an that, outpouring of of, of you, it, it was humanity um, at the time. Outpouring of humanity. Right. And then I went to Hot Ninety Seven first. And Tracy Cloherty was there, and she's like, they had the ABC programming on because there was no new, no right. real news. So then we started talking, and I started talking, and about what was happening, and we were taking calls from people, and crazy time. Yeah, it was really crazy. And then after that, I went to I went to Ground Zero, and I was there for like I don't know how many, like two months straight every day. Wow, it was pretty crazy. You're lucky you're still healthy, because a lot of people didn't make it because of the toxic it was really bad yeah it was really bad that's crazy yeah you know during when we were off air you, you also mentioned that one of the shifts in consciousness that you experience experienced was behind the death of biggie biggie smalls like he oh yeah can, can we talk about that no we de we definitely can because I, th I think it was um in in terms of the in terms of news that right. was around a time I was, I was trying to work for one of the major radio networks, right. and the mentor who was helping me go from talk show host 
into a news reporter, which is a whole, as you know, is a whole different skill set, was basically like, you know, you're not going to get anywhere with that thug music or whatever. And then fast forward, like, you know, two months later, Big's killed. And they're like, can you can you get out there to Brooklyn? This is big news. This is important. This is it was not it was international news. Can you can you get out there? And I'm like, yeah. So I was doing live reports from there. And then people knew me from Hot 97 by then because we'd already been on for a while. And um, that they were, he was like, wow, that was really great. You really knew all about this. Because he used to come around to Hot 97, the the, the station parties. Right. He was I mean, like. Big was part of the family. Right. He was huge. Right. But he was, if you were in the hip hop scene at that time, you know, we knew he was special, but he was also very regular. Right. You know, and it's also, again, this this is like a major shift in our society, too. This is pre 9-11. So this is not like you're not getting searched every building you're going mm-hmm. in. You're not, you know, it's just things were more fluid. The right. There was just a lot more fluidity. Right. Um, how'd you get to Fox? Well, I wanted to do T. I did 1010 Wins, which, which, and big shout out to everyone at 1010 Wins because they've been, that was boot camp for reporting. Right. And I would I would tell any, because people ask me all the time that want to be in media. I'm sure they ask you too. And no, they I'm don't like, ask me. We're, we started at the bottom <laughs> and we're still here. No, started at the bottom, now we're here. Yeah. Um, so the uh, for anybody that wants to be a, a reporter, a news reporter, you know, f- for whatever, I would say if you can work for an all-news radio station, that is the best training because you drive yourself to the story. You you drive yourself to the story. You're on very 24-hour news operation. You're on extremely tight deadlines. So basically you get somewhere and then you're like, you know, you, you get somewhere and then you're like, uh, okay, we're going to put you on in 20 minutes. You got to figure out what it is. It's got to be right. And you got to get on there. So I was doing this shift. I wanted the morning drive shift because in radio, that's news radio. That's right. the prime time. So I had that, which was 4 a.m. to 12 noon. So I'm going out at like four o'clock in the morning in my car and just pulling over the side of the road or doing stories or whatever. And, you know, I'm in jeans and sneakers and a hoodie and just looking <laughs> as grimy as possible. And it's me in the sanitation trucks and whatever people are, you know, out there up to no good oh, at nice. that time. But it, it was it was great training. I learned to write really right. fast. I'm considered the crash queen at Fox because nice. I can, you know, they can give me a story and I can flip it and get it out there and, and, and deal with it. But I love the radio news and especially around 9-11 right. because... They had before they had the perimeter set up around the around ground zero. Um, I went in there. I had on I had on like like uh, uh, they were like Tim boots or like like combat boots, you know, just like black boots, right. jeans. And then I put on a windbreaker. And then I had the the tape recorder. Had a baseball hat, like really kind of like dressed down and just kind of walked in. And I got in real real close right. to see what was going on, which was horrendous. Horrendous. Right. And um, you realize, God, there's nothing here. You know, it was. You real, I realized the extent of the, the, the disaster, damage, right, right. like just the devastation. Yeah. I mean, we knew the disaster right away, but, but you, you, when, the when you saw it, you felt like you just were like, on a movie set. Yeah, yeah. It, it was crazy. It was. It was unbelievable. So here we are. We're, we're in 2015. To get to Fox, how did right. I get to yeah, Fox? How did you get to Fox? So, yeah. so to Fox. So I wanted after a while after I'd done the radio thing, I was like, oh gosh, you know, I really need to. I'm like, I'm driving myself. I'm doing this. I'm like, I want to be like those TV chicks. I want to be sitting in the truck. I want to have the the crew. I want to roll with a crew. Right. And and also just opportunity wise, career wise, TV I felt was more money, more visibility, and more just more opportunities. So um, 
so anyway, so I tried a couple of different things and it's, it's just, you know, there, there's, there's things where you think are going to work out and then they don't work out and you're very disappointed. And then it's like, you realize looking back, you're like, ah, the universe, you know, it's gotta like, gotta trust the process. You gotta trust the process always. I mean, that, I, I think that's one of the biggest, I'm still learning that lesson right. every day, but yeah. I'm a lot better about it. And then one day I, I kind of was like, you know what? I love 1010 wins. This is a really good job. I mean, I'm really lucky to be here. This is the number one news station in America. Consistently. I came from, and look where I came from, and I'm, I'm, you know, I've established my own name. And that was something else that the my mentor at CNN had told me, CNN Radio, um, Robert Garcia and Gary Baumgarten, who's still a, a news radio reporter in the market, um, he, had said, he had said to me, he goes, listen, you're trying to establish yourself in your name. He goes, if you're on radio, he goes, think of this. He goes, people will know you as Lisa Evers. They'll come to know your sensibility. They'll right. come to know what you stand for and what your point of view is, but they'll, they're not going to associate you with your past until, you know, they, they, they're, they've already known where you are now. Right. Cause I was like, how do I establish myself for where I'm at? Like, how do I grow into what I'm becoming basically, right. which was great, great advice. So I had established myself as Lisa Evers. I won an award for uh, radio and television news directors it was very good. I remember it took me a long time <laughs> to, to connect the dots between Lisa Evers and Lisa Sleeve. It took me a long yeah, time. Yeah, and I wasn't trying because to pull a fast one. It was the medium of like, radio. Yeah, and right. it was also, it was just like, this is my transition, and this is, you know, Which was Muhammad Ali changed right. his name, and I'm like, right. I can do it. Too. I can go back to my original name, right. my, my maiden name. So anyway, so I, I had kind of given up a little bit because I had this one thing that I, I thought I was for sure going to have, this radio thing, and then the guy, and the guy who was going to hire me ends up getting fired. Which just happens a lot. Which happens a lot in TV. And then uh, Bob DeCastro, who, who's now in L.A., works in L.A. in TV, he was a reporter reporter at Fox 5 at the time. He goes, you know, we're adding this five o'clock show. We've got this news dire news director and he goes, he really likes this because I'm not the typical, your right. typical, typical TV reporter by a long shot. I, I mean, you've, you've got chops. <laughs> I mean, literally, like, but it was literally. like, you know, it's kind of, I'm a, a, little, bit a, a little bit of a handful, <laughs> right. you know? So, um, so anyway, he said, you know, he really likes the street thing. He goes, why don't you, he goes, just give him a call. Right. So I'm like, uh, and I didn't have an agent at the time. I had been talking with an agent, but nothing was really happening. So I, um, I gave this guy a call and it took a while. And then the demo I did for him, this guy on 42nd street had gotten his throat slit from ear to ear. Really? So I said to him, I Columbia go, so I did my TV stand up in a black leather jacket and on 40, 42nd street. And I go, I go, um, yeah, and this is where so-and-so and this happened. And, and he got slipped from ear to ear, what they call a buck 50, because in prison it takes 150 <laughs> stitches to close it up. Right. The guy thought that was the most amazing thing. Right. It was cutting edge to him. He, he, was, he thought it was cutting edge. So I'm like, um, so, so I got the job. And then it was, he saw that by the time we made the demo tape, you saw the next day he called me and I called the agent that I had been talking to. And I'm like, will you represent me for this? And the guy goes, uh, yes, of course. And within three days, I had a deal, which is pretty much unheard of. Wow, like was, I had a contract. Was there was it was there growing pains growing into into that culture? Totally. Like, in the like TV. What? Like what? totally like they had. Well, he was I mean, I had long I had long, straight, dark hair, which is my natural color. Right. I had bangs. Yes. Um, I was used to being out in radio, like, like hip hop, like hip hop. There was no, you know, we weren't videotaping the shows. Right. There was no, people weren't, you didn't have phones. We have phones, but we didn't have ca cameras on them. Right. So it wasn't like you're doing radio. It's like ponytail jeans, t-shirts. It's totally relaxed. Right. You know, it's like basically one step up from being in your crib. 
and in terms of your you know yeah. how you dress and you're comfortable you're comfortable and so that's how I had dressed and then he's like okay well you're here and you know we need you to do this and I was kind of like like I said I wasn't dressed in the most feminine because I'm right. out on the streets right and I wasn't really you know I wasn't really trying to show anything off you right. know I was just trying to kind of blend a little bit and um he's like yeah and you need to wear uh, yeah, you need to dress, you know, more form fitting and this. And I'm going to get you a stylist, and we're going to do and what this. Do you, what do you think? He goes, when he I didn't you? hire. He's like, I didn't hire Cher's daughter. He goes, <laughs> he goes, I, did, I didn't hire Cher's daughter. He goes, but I do love the black leather jackets. Right, right, right. He goes, I want you in leather all the time. And um, he was a bit of a character, and, but it didn't phase me because right. you went along with because. It. But I've been in modeling, and, right. I, and, and anybody that's been in modeling, you you get a certain. You either you either can go one or two directions when you're modeling. You either you go into total freakout mode where you're constantly totally paranoid about everything about how you look, or you go into um, where you 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 realize that you're you're a product. Right, and you're and there to perform. You're either it's like skin. a you know it's like the deli. One right. day they want turkey, one day they want uh, chicken, the right. next day somebody wants roast beef, whatever it is. And if you're not that flavor, it's not personal. Right. It's, it's just it's, what they don't want. Yeah, exactly. So I took I took it like that, and then um, I changed my hair. I changed, you know, changed the style of dress a little bit, and um, that that was it. And here you are. Yeah. So you now we're in 2015. Yes. What are some of the things you want to talk about? You said you had so many things to talk well, about. Well, I think I think 2015. I think this is a tremendously exciting time for for hip hop. Okay. And there there are people, and I'm sure you've interviewed them or talked with them, and hear that here too, and they're like, oh, well, you know, the 90s that was the golden era of hip hop. I think 2015 is a golden era of hip hop. I think because I think I think the the tremendous creativity. I think the international platform is huge, and I think that hip hop can be a tremendous force for change. We started in 2011, what I call what we call Push for Peace with Cory Booker yes. in Newark. We've done the last last two years, we, which we're going to do now annually, um, thanks to Eric Adams in Brooklyn, the, the Push for Peace. We've done it in the Bronx. We've, um, you know, and it's it's a concept where we basically want to take this hashtag, push the number four piece, and have people just start using it and in their in their posts on Instagram and their posts on Twitter, posts on Facebook. And let's just put, let's just put the idea out there. It's like, it's a choice we can make. We can choose to be peaceful and not just, not, I'm not just talking about the gun violence that we have that still plagues us, even though the murder rate and the crime rate overall is down, but just, but even the violence, like when you see somebody and we've all seen this, you know, you see somebody being, being really, really horrible to their child in public. And it's like, well, I'm not telling you how to discipline your child, but you're, why humiliate them in front right. of everybody else? You know, it's like... Where are you in your life that you yeah, have to do, do that? Yeah, to, do we to need to scar a, that right, child? Right. So it's like push for peace or it's like... And just even when we're dealing with each other, it's like, do we need to be that harsh? You know, is it is it like at that... And I, and I really kind of started looking at that concept and I'm just like, this this is something... Hip-hop, we have the power to do this. You know, we you look at the, the different trends in hip-hop now and the the way the music is and you, the way it's now acceptable for, for big-name artists who are platinum-selling, Grammy-winning artists to, who are real, quote-unquote, real men to talk about their feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, yes, we can acknowledge it. You're a real man. You're a real man if you're a whole man and you're acknowledging your feelings. And don't we all feel better when we're at peace? I mean, I hear these stories. I'm going to interview these people, interview these these guys that you know age 11 is when they first joined a gang and then it's a life of stress by the time they're 19 they're so burnt out it's like they've been in live growing up in afghanistan right 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 ptsd you know? is, is yeah PTSD. and what, it's real how do you feel though about the it, it seems pretty stagnant particularly in hip-hop 
um, with regard to the role of women and the imagery of women and the roles that women play in hip hop? You know, I just did a story on that for Fox Five right. with the with with women in hip hop, mm-hmm. and I and I think there's I think there's tremendous room for improvement. So I think there room. needs to be right. much more of women's voices, but I also think it reflects where women are right now too. I don't think I mean if you're a stripper. And that's what you want to do. I think that should be your choice. Right. I'm not one of these women that says, you know, everyone's got to get a college education or everyone has to, you know, wear a skirt, a pencil skirt and work in an office. You know, it's, it's, it should be a woman's choice. Right. But I think also I think for a lot of a lot of the young girls now, there's a tremendous amount of confusion, too. It's like particularly with technology and, and with the technology inst- Instagram and the Instagram and models and the whole the, valid- the way to get validation the, through your sexuality. Yeah, the way to get attention. Right. And and hip hop gets blamed for a lot of that, but I think a lot of it is is our broader culture. It's, it's society and, as a whole. Yeah, and the, always uh, and the whole social media thing right. makes it so much more instant. But you have like I had a teacher, um we had we, we had a teacher uh that was on Street Soldiers on Hot Ninety Seven not too long ago. He was telling me they're dealing with six uh, uh sixth and seventh graders making sex tapes. Oh. On their phones because oh, this is the way to get attention. Right, right, right. So I'm like, it, it, I think, and I think also too for parents, you know, I, I, I don't believe in the blame game because I don't think it gets us anywhere. I really don't. You know, you know, in that old saying that, that, that they, they always have is like, you're pointing a finger, you got four, four pointing point back, back at, at you. Right. It's like, what are we, what are we really doing? Right. And I, and I think it's like, if you're reinforcing your child or we're reinforcing the kids in our community or we as women are reinforcing our girls that they're of value as they are, no matter what their hair looks like, no matter what the texture of their hair, what they look like, no matter what their body type is, just for merely being alive and who they are, that spirit, that human spirit that they have, they're of value. These things aren't going to be as big an issue, you know? You know, what I appreciate right now, particularly with women and and sexuality um, and and the erasure of double standards is how it seems there's this consciousness of this movement right now with women really owning their sexuality and you know, trying to get like, for example, the whole slut walk thing and, you know, erasing the whole slut, quote unquote, slut shaming. And like, you know, you guys have you guys can be man whores. But the minute we control our sexuality, we're whores or sluts. And this whole movement about claiming their sexuality. Well, I think there's a lot of confusion for women. Right. And I and I think it's and I think it's also and, and I don't have the answers to this, right. but I'm just saying that, you know, as as a woman myself and and just navigating in my my friends and my family members and stuff it's it's like and and people may disagree with me like this can we do the same job you know as as sensei zulu said you know you you can fight a man but you can't you can't win fighting it his way right. and and i so think you can do the job but you just have to do it differently right but i think there's some jobs some right, jobs some you can't do right. the same but it, it depends it depends on the job but and and i still think also there there's a certain biological thing we have to acknowledge if you're talking about a heterosexual couple and a male and a female there's a certain amount of the man of of there's a certain amount in the man he has to have a challenge. He has to, you know, he wants to provide. He wants to protect you. He wants to, the, the, you have to let a man be the man. And mm. I think that's something that a lot of these young girls don't understand. Right, 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 right. And if people find that, oh, Lisa, that's so shocking. You're saying you're such a strong woman. Yeah, I'm a strong woman, but I want my man to be a man. Right. I'm going to let him be strong a man. I'm going to fall appreciate back. appreciate strong men. Exactly. Right. It's like, we'll fall back. Right. You know, I think it'll be good when we're done. You know, I'm, I'm happy when I'm walking down the street and I don't have to think about like, do I have to take somebody out? No, right. he's just because he's going to just... Because <laughs> you can. 
But you, but right. you, let's not forget you. You're nice with those okay. hands. All right, and my leg, my legs are pretty good too. But the um, you know, it's just like it's it's just like I can relax. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? And I think that's all. It's just like we need to be able to relax with that. And so I, I think I think yes, women should own their sexuality. I think mothers. We just had a big debate at work about uh, about motherhood and how you know mothers need to stop being martyrs and really be honest about what this what it takes and the toll it takes on your relationship with your man and the the toll you know the what the price you're paying for right. that. It's like let's really make conscious choices. Right. You know. I, I think it's amazing, particularly with the evolution of radio and urban radio and the radio wars. How You've kind of insulated yourself in terms of creating your own path, creating your own bubble. Not saying that you're not aware of what's going on, but you're kind of, it seems from the outside looking in, that you have your own lane and you're not really affected by what's going on with the Me? change. Yes, you. And with the changes in radio and. and, and oh, and I we, think I'm very affected. How so? What, ch- like, what changes do you mean? Just in terms of, you know, you're not out there competing against another Lisa Evans. Like, you have your own lane. The whole street soldier. Oh, play. I see. I see what you're saying. You know what I mean. I see what you're saying. Right. The um. I I just I always felt like I had to do my own thing. Right. And and you are and you, and you've been successful at it. And I and I also felt like I had to. I also had the, you know have a platform right. and have an opportunity and I have a natural curiosity right. about people and experiences and I and I I want to I gen, genuinely want to understand. It's like what was it? What was it like growing up for you? Right. You know, what was it like growing up in that particular housing development? Right. What was it like growing up when at 11 they're they're telling you to run, so, you know, run something or like like we did a story with the, these these uh, teens in, in, the, in the Bronx. And it was like it, the, the issue of like, well, just say no to gangs. Right. But you you're, can't just you're say 16. That. Right. right. And then and then the story I did was he's 16. He's being pressured to join a gang. He doesn't want to. He wants to stay in school. He wants to be a scientist. This kid wanted to be a scientist. It's like a cool thing now. He wanted to be a scientist to, to go into school. And yet they his next door neighbor, their son refused and they ransacked the apartment while the family was in there. That's crazy. The gang members. That's so crazy. it's like it's like it's it's. It, these these are kind of stories that I'll, I like to these do. These are the realities like to, that they're facing. Yeah, you it's like you, let, no. let's understand. Right. And so, what are we doing with this? What world are we creating as right. adults? Right. You know, right. 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 the children that that somebody sixteen has to deal with this. Not just his own safety. He's and he said to me, he goes like, listen, he goes, if it was me saying no and they were just going to do something to me, he goes, I'm going to live with that. He goes, but my mom's my sister. He I, goes. I gotta they, they. He goes. They tore up that apartment. That's crazy. You know, and That's, they were in there. They thought they were going to kill them. That's crazy. Yeah. What do you think about the the changing um, sensitivity of, of of our culture? Um, you know, going back once again to like the the early Morton Downey, junior days, and 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 when you had your show. I mean, it was really straight talk. You know, but now it seems like you really can't have straight talk. And I think we were talking off air also about even. You know, looking at, 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 at education and, you know, history books are now really slowly trying to erase the, the, the acknowledgement of slavery. So it seems like there's this whole thing where we can't really speak straight right now in media. Well, no, I think you're you're speaking very straight in media right, right. now. Well, because I'm, I'm, being, because being, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking know, very straight too. I'm a lone wolf. Like I, I, I have the freedom to do so. I'm not. But the, but there are, but you're inspiring a lot of other people right. to do it too. And I think what happens is when when it, it's it's basically you know we're a consumer driven culture. Yes. We're consumer driven now. We're a consumer driven world, and for the most part, and if the the audience the audience is always going to be there, they're going to drive that need for for whatever that thing is that's new. Right. 
That's what that's what I believe. And I think there's more opportunities now, just like there are more, for artists. I, I couldn't do this 10 years J- ago. Right. And just right. The, the whole digital thing because of the um I mean I know, look at the reach that look at the reach that you have yes. and you're doing it on your own terms, yes. you're self-defining. I have a tremendous amount of freedom, but I'm still working for a a, a corporation that's part of a congl- you know, conglomerate in terms of Hot 97 and Fox 5 it's TV which is very you know, it's it's, it's very strict limitations right, right. in terms of time. You right. know, you have to tell how am I telling the complexity of the story to people who are coming at it at different entry levels to a mass audience and do it in two minutes? Right. That's an art form that, in that itself. Be, that must be so frustrating. Though. It's a challenge. Right. And I did, you know, so once in a while I try to slip in a couple little, like a little phrase that that's like from a hip hop, you know, from a little, you know, little, little rhyme, little bomb. just like a, just, just a little word, you know, the way I phrase it, right. just so people are like, okay, yeah, I get it. Where are we headed as a society? I have tremendous hope. I really do. That's good. I, th- I think as a society, I think we're um, at. I think we're at a sense where people really feel people are coming together, and I think they're they're not being divided along artificial or not. I shouldn't say artificial because they're real, but like arbitrary lines, like where you grew up, how much money your family had. It's much more of a society of consciousness, and and I really hope that we'll have much more of a sense of empowerment in our local communities because it's, you know, we're, we're getting into presidential election. We're getting into hip hop votes, which we started on hot 97 street soldiers um, with the voter registration drives registered thousands of voters that had never, you know, never participated before. And, and I, and I wish to, I hope, I hope we're going towards a sense of ownership by people of, of good conscience who really do care about everyone, not just themselves. Right. And I, and I think that's kind of what's going on. I mean, I think we saw that with the demonstrations, you know, with, with people, you know, whether you agree with the cases or not with Ferguson, with Eric, the Eric oh, Garner, but to, to just look at the, look, look at so many people, particularly young people, different backgrounds, you know, different, different colors, different, everything, different outfit, different, you know, regional styles. And they were just, they were brought together by a sense. And again, like I said, whether, you know, whatever position you took on that, whatever facts later emerged that changed the original perception, I thought that was the real message of it, right. you know, and that the, the vast majority was peaceful, right? The vast majority, you know, that that's what I thought was incredible. The hope. Sense yeah. Of hope. Yeah. A tremendous sense of hope. Yeah. Look at you. Um, do you ever think you'd be here? No, and I'm, I'm, not I'm very the, happy. I'm not, to talking, be here. I'm not talking about the combat. I'm, jacket. Ba- I'm very I'm happy talking to be about on your the combat career from where you started. <laughs> from where you started to where you are is just. When are you going to write the book? <laughs> when are you going to write the book? I, you know what? I just. You got to write the book. People, t- people tell me that just, because because you got there's to. a lot of adventure. Right. There's a, I've had a lot of adventure, and I'm, I'm having adventure. And I just, it, I think it it's the greatest. I mean, it's you're just starting. Yeah, that's what I feel right, like. Right. That, that's why it's hard for me to look back. And then, but then, some once in a while, like, well, like the other. Well, what, what sign are you? The other, I'm a Gemini. So you, oh, so day. Gemini's don't look back. Huh? Never, yeah, never. See, I'm Church a Cancer. Cancers, we tend to wax. Oh, you're getting nostalgic, yeah. Yeah, right? Okay, June, right, or May. right. Pardon me. June or May. June. June what? June. Wait, 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 I'm the third. I'm the third deacon. I'm the third Oh, that's no secret anyway either. I've been around for a minute. Everybody knows that. You got to write the book. Oh, I want to write a couple books. Okay. I want. I, w- I want to do. I want to do one book that's just that's just for the girls. That's about um, just for the ladies. But that'll be fictional. That'll be like uh, you know, Confessions of a Player Princess. That okay. was a certain era. And then and do Were you a player princess? No, not at all. I'm just okay. saying strictly observation. Well, no, I don't fictional. know. Fictional. Okay, it's, a, it's a fiction book. Okay. And then um, 
basically, you know, like a hip hop sex in the city type of thing. Okay. But only, you know, cooler. I got um, I, I got a favor to ask you. Yes. Um, last year we had uh, Raymond Santana on our show, one yes. of the members of the Central Park Five right. case. And he was talking about just the media frenzy that went on when he was, you know, a child and he was caught up in that. And he, he, he one of the things he said was, I remember hearing some hurtful things from from Lisa Evers at the time. And he said, I just love to talk to her. So I think it'd be it would be, it'd be I would great love to talk to, to him. see a conversation between I would them. absolutely because love the to ta- ta- times have changed the circumstances have changed they've been exonerated and, and I reported become... when they were exonerated in uh, when they were exonerated right. I reported on that this shows you how much things have changed I report I reported on that for um, Fox Five right and had them there I've spoken with Youssef Salam Youssef, I was yeah. spoke with his mother throughout the whole you know throughout the whole process but he, he shared like a little. Not something like you know. I just. I think we tried to get him on right. the show. I mean, he, I think you know. I ever since he's been on our show, or yeah. even before, he's been a lot more media savvy and out yeah. there. And I, I'd love to see that conversation. No, and I and I think that and I think that case in particular right. too. I don't think that's something that could happen now. Right. I really right. don't. And I. And, what do you and, mean in terms of? Just for a lot of reasons. I mean, just the interrogation of teens yes. at that point. Yeah. I mean, it, it it's just and the, a whole awareness that the police aren't perfect. Yeah, I think it was a very different. We, we trusted had a the very media. different media. You had a very different. Uh, people looked at the media in a very different way. I, I mean, the, the whole thing. The whole thing is a tragedy all the way around. Yes, yes, it yes, really yes, is. Yes. Very good. Where can where can our audience find you? You can find me on Twitter at Lisa Evers, um, Instagram at Lisa Evers, Facebook. Please like me because you know I just started on Facebook. Really, I, was, I, I, I really it was always like kind of like a Twitter and Instagram. Right. Good for you, person. And um, but Facebook and LisaEvers.com. You can hear podcasts, free podcasts of the show. You can reach me, Lisa You're on SoundCloud. On SoundCloud, are you, are Lisa you on Evers. iTunes yet? No, I, you got to tell we, me how to do we that. We got to talk about that. Yeah, you got to get me. And, and if you want some bigger distribution, maybe we can. Maybe you guys maybe, can help us. Maybe, I love maybe that. We can definitely yeah. talk. See, that's and what I'm talking about. Building. And, there you, and where can people find you on on, on television and, and on the radio? You can, see, you can see me on Fox Five News um, in New York City. There's a Fox. There's a Fox Five NY app, so you can watch a live stream. But I post a lot of the stories that I think are interest of interest to my audience, to our audience. Um, they're on LisaEvers.com. We were able to post them there, so you can you can catch up on those. There's some good interviews, some uh, things we did about the Chinks murder. Right. We had a lot on yeah, that. That's right. That's what you're very and, vocal um, on that. A lot of uh, a lot of issues, and and th- that's kind of cool too, because being a news reporter, I'm able to get information right. Right. and get get some of the facts and get those out there too. But please follow me on Twitter at Lisa Evers. It feels like I'm listening to you on the radio right now. Hit me up. It's so crazy. <laughs> hit me up. Yeah. Hit me up. Lisa at LisaEvers.com, and uh, you know. And what do you prefer? Do you prefer, I mean, now you're, you're, you're the street soldiers Sunday mornings? Yes, yeah, Sunday morning, 7 a.m. in New York, live stream across the United States on on uh, hot97.com and all the radio apps. Did you prefer Sunday nights or Sunday? What, 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 Honestly, really, the, just so, keeping it 100, Sunday night is a Sunday special night. time. Can we get it back on Sunday The 9 nights? o'clock. The 9, we, yeah, the, the yeah, nine no o'clock. Up time. at 7 o'clock, Lisa? I know. You'd be Actually, you'd be surprised. Really? You would be surprised. I'm not up. Well, I'm people not are up. up on Instagram. If I'm not up, nobody's Listen, up. Let me tell you something. <laughs> people are up on Instagram right. at seven a.m. People are on Instagram, and it's just and they're they're, they're equally as engaged. Yes, they're giving me comments. They're making comments That's on crazy. on on That's Instagram. Crazy. That's crazy. And um, but if I had if I had my pick of times, I would say nine o'clock Sunday night is perfect it was because perfect. it's when everybody's kind of done with the weekend. You're home. You know, most you're people are home the, or they're driving. Right. You're getting ready for the week. Yeah. 
Um, you know, if you're a student, you're kind of like, you know, in your room or you're, you're by yourself, or you're listening, you're, you know, you're listening on your phone or your radio. And it's just kind of like a little more thoughtful time because you're kind of processing what happened over the weekend, thinking about what you got coming up. So it's kind of a thoughtful time. But um, I'm just happy that we're still on Hot 97. I'm, I'm, I'm happy you're still around. I'm happy. You, you look great, Lisa. Thank you so much. You, I appreciate you, I, that. I, can't be, I mean, it's such an honor that I'm looking at you and it, I hear your voice and it's like <laughs> so <laughs> surreal. It's like, am I listening to you? Am I wa- so, Lisa, before we wrap, very, oh, very, no. very important question. Yes. Who are your top five? Oh, man. Rappers? Don't limit me to five. No, we can't. I have so many that I have so many that I love for so many different reasons. Okay, can we- I have different I have different rappers and different songs right. for different moods okay. mm. and different feelings and okay, things so, like so that. Stop bullshitting me. Who are, who are they? <laughs> <laughs> well, let let me just pull like this. When it's like it's like nine o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. and you hear a car or a truck coming down Park Avenue in Manhattan, blasting Drake, worst behavior. Mm. That's me. Okay. That just gets me pumped up in the Isn't morning. Isn't Drake so amazing for this time? I think he's incredible. Yeah. I think people don't give him enough credit. I think he's one. I mean, he the gets a lot that of credit. Don't give him enough credit are troglodytes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. They catch up. Like, what the fuck are you guys waiting on? Right. Like catch up and get out the way. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Who, who else? I love Nas. Nas. I love Jay Z. Yes. Um, I love I love some of the newer. You I know you're gonna you're gonna slam me for this one. I do like Young Thug. I think I, he's brilliantly slam, creative. Why would I slam you? I think he's weird as fuck. I don't get his music all the time. <laughs> My kids love him, but at the same time, he's very creative. I'm studying the guy. Like I'm like you're changing half time. the culture. Half you're changing the music, <laughs> and there's some songs that I can't deny. The so, hooks. I yeah, mean, the, the hooks. hooks. It's it's so creative. And, it is very yeah, creative. I, I don't know. Even I, the video. Even the videos right, are creative. Right, yeah. I mean, you look at you look at like that halftime video, and you're like. Yeah. One minute he's in drag in a Chanel vintage jacket, and the next one he's got like the you know he's he's yeah. got like the AK no, I, I, I def- or whatever it is. The combat jack. I would not slam you for Young Thug. Young Thug. Okay. Yeah. I just I mean I, I I just go the whole I go the whole game. Fetty Wap. I love Fetty. Fetty. Fetty's, yeah. And you know we didn't talk about either. Mm-hmm. I just I, there's so many positive things in hip hop that are happening. Okay. You know Nas got this gigantic medal at yes, Harvard. Yes. Yes. Which is which crazy. is I mean is fun. That's like that more. that's like the most prestigious. I don't know if people know that Hutchins Institute at Harvard. That is like he got the only other people that got that medal. It's like Oprah. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like major major people who've contributed to to the understanding of Eighth culture and art. Dropout from Queensbridge. Yeah, and look at I mean, and he's there. Like we should have been. We should have all been talking about right. that, tweeting about that, the whole thing. You know, Fetty, I mean, he's just coming up as, a, I mean, he's had a big year and everything. Out of nowhere. But out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. But he's in Patterson. He, rookie you know, of the year. We oh, were there. He was homeless. Uh, yeah. And, and, and Fetty, hope you hope you heal fast with the with the broken leg and, yeah. and give me that interview that we couldn't is, is do. Is he going to get a patch or not? Should he get a patch or not? Yeah. I think he should do what he wants to do. Yeah. Okay, that's a good answer. You know, I, I really do. It's still kind of hard to look at yeah, the eye, though. It's, it's kind of hard. It is kind of hard, but it makes you look. Yeah, it it makes everybody but look. But it's like somebody like, it's like the yeah, Austin awesome Powers man. movie with the mole. Yes. You don't want to look at the mole, but it's like, mole. Yeah. It's like Fetty, man. Come on, man. We love you. No, but he's so he's so creative. Yeah. And, and Did you see that clip where he received this, 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 the first time he received, I think it was the Music Choice Awards. Which was some, what What the hell is a music People's choice? People's choice? Pe- no, music choice. Music choice. And he received it like at the top of the year. And the dude just starts, like he gets real, it's like this is the first time I won anything. Mm. It's like, how the, how can you hate on it? He's like, a, he's, you got to look it up. 
I, I'm totally going to look it up. But I, I want to tell you something. I was yeah. in the in August. He did a free concert right. in Patterson for the um for the high school students there, which the mayor organized. So there were a lot of people in the hood that couldn't get in because you know they weren't in school and they. But that that was the way the concert had been set up. So when he gets on the stage, the mayor gives him the keys to the city, and he's looking around the field, and he's like. He's like, wow. He goes, this is crazy. He goes, that's the high school that I went to, and here I am on the stage. And he goes, I just feel so bad that people can't, wow. people can't come in from everybody from the neighborhood can't come in here and see this and and enjoy this. And he was and, sincere. Yeah, he's so humble, and I just think that I <coughs> which think, we don't see a lot anymore. I know, and I think don't. people, and I think people in some some ways sense that right. with him and and that's that's one of the reasons cuz you know the music is great it's got such a unique sound and you know Patterson New Jersey which has got so many pro I mean there there's so many problems there and just just to come out of that the and the hope that people have like you know I keep coming back to this hope thing but right. it's just like hope is all we got I talked to so many people there and they're like wow Fetty could do this I can right. I can do this like I talked right. to two young boxers out there and they were like yeah Fetty did it we can do it Victor wow. Cruz did it with the giant you know we wow. can do it wow. so those those are some of the people I like I but there's, there's I like I a lot of one, artists I think there's one more slot I think Keith Murray no, no, no. That, of that, artists, wait, 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 wait. did I give you five? I was joking. Was that was that? Four you know, five? I love Biggie. I can still, I, I can mean, still Biggie, listen to Biggie. Biggie. I mean, Biggie. Biggie's it's Biggie. Fame, Biggie, though, I mean. Biggie, Biggie, Biggie. Like the, the, you said living yeah, though, but yeah. see, to me, he still lives because. And I think the crazy thing about Biggie is, if you listen to Big, if you listen to him now, which which I do, and um, will always. His stuff still sounds current. Like you could play him right next to, and and even his, his wordplay is sick. sick. And the other thing was the, the some of the slang too. It's like you realize, it still lives on. yeah. But I realize I'm like going, oh man, that's where they got that from. Yeah. You know, it's like they got that from him. You know what's really amazing about Biggie, and I've said this before. Um, you hear different styles of of rap. You hear different rappers, but you could tell Biggie's mom was an English teacher because Biggie's diction is so perfect. When yeah. he rolls his R's, three. Like he has the perfect, he has perfect yeah, Miss Wallace was no, yeah, yeah, she's no joke with that. Perfect pronunciation for yeah. somebody yep. like. And he went to Catholic school. Yes. She had him in Catholic school. Crazy. Well, well thanks for sharing. So those are some of mine. There you go. Long live B.I.G. But listen, Lisa, thank you so much. Continue. My success. pleasure. Thank you so and, much. And, and I appreciate so much this opportunity for, for us to be able to speak. Listen, I appreciate it so much. And please watch Fox 5 News definitely, at 10. Definitely. Especially on Wednesday nights. Definitely. I got, after, got a after big. After Empire, what? After Empire, big hip hop story. Yep. Every week. You know, we're doing hip hop in the media. Does the media treat hip hop fairly? We did hip hop and homophobia, hip hop and how'd women. That, how'd that go, hip hop and homophobia? Tremendous reaction. Right. I got some mess. I got a couple of personal text messages from people that I know, person guys that were very, I don't want to say sensitive, but it was just like they were like, Lisa, really thank you so much for doing this topic. Right. Like, we things are changing. To, things yeah, are changing. Yeah, totally. Big time. And rapidly. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. We just got to let's just love each other. Yep, exactly. You know? Push and, for and peace. And leave each other alone. Yeah. Yeah, leave each other alone. It's like, Teach his own. Do your thing. You know, if you're doing your thing, you know, it's like, it's like, you don't have time to get up in other people's business and, and A lot of people that. aren't doing their own thing, you know? You know, find out what you like and what you love and just follow it. Exactly. And, you know, it's it's never going to, your heart's not going to lead you astray. Exactly. I don't do think you, ever. There you do go. You fam. Lisa, once again, thank you. My pleasure. Thank King. you. Yo, man. Um, Before we close out, man, I want to shout out Simone. Uh, Victoria, Simone Amelia for hooking Sim this all Simone up. Amelia, yes, exactly. boss lady at Boss Lady boss TV. Lady. Boss Lady. Yes. Hashtag boss. We Dem Girls. We Dem okay. Girls. We Dem Girls. And um and Victoria. We, 
Yes. yes, 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 yes. And Victoria, yep. Ro- shout out to Rose, man. What up, Rose? What's up, what up Rose? Rose? Shout out to Victoria from Fox. Yes, yes, hooking yes. everything up. I, I also want to salute our our audience, man, because yes. you know, as as the landscape continues to change and you know, as the podcast game continues to change and as we continue to grow, I, I'm really thankful that you guys really appreciate and allow us this wide lane to cover so many different stories you know, that we've been covering and the reception has been great and you guys continue to reinforce in me that we're doing the right thing. So I salute you guys. Thank you. You know, um, you know what time it is. Dream those dreams and then man up and woman up and live those dreams because a life without dreams is black and white and the universe flows in technicolor and surround sound. Numenati! Hey, yo, check it out. This is the Combat Jack Show. Hashtag the weekly drop. This weekly drop feature is none other than East New York, Brooklyn, New York City representative Justo the MC, produced by Law Finesse. This joint is called Roximity, and to hear it, and you can hear it exclusively when you download the motherfucking Combat Jack Show app on Google Play, iTunes, App Store, whatever you got. You know what I mean? You got the Samsung, you got the iPhone 6S XL, you know what I mean? You got the Combat Jack Show, Just Blaze, Gargantuan Phone. You know what I mean? Make sure you download that app so you can hear all the Combat Jack Show, the weekly drop exclusives. Proximity, the proximity. Young gun rocking the crowd, I got energy. One love bringing it back, no enemies. We spread love, Brooklyn style, that pure synergy. Peace to proximity, cream to profit. I learned how to rock shows watching the guy get down with the energy. This episode of the Combat Jack Show was produced by Jonathan Mena, executive produced by A. King and Chris Morrow, engineered by Samir Karan, and recorded in the Engine Room Audio Studio in downtown Manhattan. This is an official Loudspeakers Network's production.